Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. Bright and early. Early, yes, bright, I'm not so sure. I do know that a big problem that I've talked about here before, but I need to make sure I pay attention to it. It's called leptospirosis. We're seeing more of it than ever before. And, you know, city rats are likely the number one transmitter of this disease, which dogs can get and potentially pass it on to all of us. But you're thinking, okay, I don't I don't have city. I live in Glenview. I live in Naperville. I live in Cicero. I don't deal with city rats. Well, other animals carry this too. In fact, raccoons do. Uh, you name it. Squirrels do. Mice do. So it doesn't really matter where you live. And unvaccinated dogs actually can spread this as well. So how is it spread and what can you do about it? We'll talk with Dr. Natalie Marks about all of that. Dr. Bob Froelich is the president, CEO, owner, bat boy of the Kane County Cougars. Hi, Dr. Bob. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. The show is not a sports show, but we're talking to you, or I'm talking to you, for several different reasons. But the biggest of all is that there's an event coming up. So I was at what was going to be the world's largest dog wedding, uh, the Guinness Book of World Records. The goal was to break the record. Who knew there ever was even a record for the world's largest dog wedding? Our dog got married. I won't. It didn't end well. There were some lawyers involved in everything. The problem was our dog is nine pounds, and they hooked us up with a dog I think that's 89 pounds, a bloodhound, and it just it wasn't a really good match or something. I don't really know. Uh, I, I wasn't there in the court when the lawyers decided whatever they decide. And as usual, when lawyers are involved, you probably don't want to be involved. In any which case, you said, if I host the world's largest dog wedding, I've got the space to have a whole lot of dogs. But when they came to you with that idea, Dr. Bob... What did you have to say about that? <clears throat> well, it was actually it was a perfect it was a perfect storm. Uh, we at, at the Kane County Cougars every year we, we have our brainstorming sessions when the season's over to come up with ideas, and we always talk about boy, wouldn't it be fun to have the fans involved in a Guinness World Record? But we never could come up with an idea of what we wanted that Guinness World Record to be. But it was always on our radar screen. And then out of nowhere, Robust Promotions reached out to us and said, hey, we're thinking of trying to break this record again, but we need to have a large facility. Would you have any interest? And I said, well, tell, us, tell me a little bit about it. And when they were telling us it's a, it's a doggy wedding, I said, oh, my gosh, <laughs> every year we have an event that's called Bark in the Park where people bring their dogs to the ball game, And then the majority of the proceeds from this event are all going to go for canine for veterans. And we're our, our foundation donates about a million dollars a year in cash and in kind. And our biggest donation is always to the military. We have military appreciation night. We give veterans tickets. We give active military tickets. And so all of a sudden it's like, this is, this is really not happening. You know, we've always wanted to be a part of the Guinness record. We already have an annual Bark in the Park event for our fans. And we, uh, one of our biggest focuses with our foundation is the military. And this thing comes handed to me, Steve, with all those components wrapped into one. It, it was, it was, 
it was a marriage made in heaven when they handed it to me. We just couldn't have been more excited. You know, so many members of the military come back with post-traumatic stress disorder syndrome, and it's unfortunate our government now has data to support the fact that dogs can absolutely make a ginormous difference, so much so, well, they might otherwise commit suicide, and now they're just working members of society because they have a service dog. So this is incredibly important in all seriousness that you're supporting this, but it's also great fun. I was out at the event, as I alluded to last year, when they came close but didn't quite make it. And part of the problem was they just didn't have the space for all the dogs they wanted to have. And you are providing all that space. When is this event, which incidentally is a fun event, there's vendors out there uh, that have all sorts of products for dogs uh, as well as for people. When, when is the event? So the actual event is on Sunday, October the 2nd. Uh, it starts at 12 p.m., and it, it, we, we've named the event Diamonds in the Rough, uh, you know, sort of a play on word there for the largest dog wedding ceremony attempt. So, again, it's, it's October the 2nd, 12 p.m. at Northwestern Medicine Field. Uh, that's where the Kane County Cougars play our baseball games. It's in Geneva, Illinois, in, in Kane County. And, uh, you know, we have, we have enough space where the, the property is actually owned by the Forest Preserve. So we're sitting on roughly 50 acres. So we, we have a music garden. We have a kid's zone. We have the ballpark. We have plenty of parking. We're going we're gonna to smash this record to smithereens. It's going to be fun for everyone that's involved. And that's what it's about. It's about supporting all these charities. And it's also just about people like going places with their dogs and especially before... You know, we do live in the Chicago area, and there aren't as many places to go in December and January as there are over the course of, well, September or October or August. And this is in October, October 2nd, diamondsintherough.com, diamondsintheruff.com, for more information about what is simply going to be, yet again, a fun event. The difference is this year, the record will be broken. On July 26th, that's the game that you have every year where you invite fans, but also fans with four legs, I believe. (laughs) That is correct. That's our annual Bark in the Park baseball game. And at that game, you asked me a question, which I'm concerned for you about. Now, uh, I'm going to be throwing out the first pitch. I actually have done that for the Chicago White Sox. And I'm the only person. They, so Major League Baseball, you may not know this. Baseball, Major League Baseball actually keeps track of there's some giant book. Well, it's probably just online somewhere now of, of every person that has thrown out what is called the ceremonial first pitch. And apparently there are a couple of people, for whatever reason, over the course of baseball's long history that have done so with a dog. I'm the only person ever to do so with two dogs. Now, imagine you're on the baseball mound, you're throwing a ball, and and the White Sox very nicely took a photo of this, and you can see the dogs lunging at the very end of the leash because they want to chase the ball, you know? (laughs) So I will have the opportunity to... the, The only difference is that's been... <clears throat> years since I've thrown a baseball. I am a left-handed pitcher. So, uh, Dr. Bob Froelich, I hope you're well insured. <laughs> we, 
We are well insured, and I'll start doing some research because I'm sure somewhere there's that book of minor league baseball that tracks everyone that's ever thrown out a ceremonial first pitch. So I think you'll be a double world record holder being the only <laughs> one that's thrown out a first pitch in minor league baseball history with two dogs and in major league baseball. We've got to get you in get out your own Guinness World Record for that thing. You know what? If you get me a Guinness that I can drink, I'm happy with that, too. I mean, either which way. Uh, so very quickly, because we only have a minute left here, I want to talk a bit about the Kane County Cougars. You know, people complain. I'm just being honest here and understandably so of the cost of Major League Baseball now. And I would argue and how family friendly in some ways it isn't. And I would argue the Kane County Cougars are the opposite of that. Very family friendly. And, you know, the price of one beer at Wrigley Field might be more than it costs for parking, admission to the game, several beers, hot dogs and everything else for a whole family at a Kane County Cougars game. Yeah, we're very focused on affordability, Steve, and we're very focused on the family. And, you know, that's why we have lawn seating areas. Bring your lawn chair, bring your blanket, let the kids run around. I mean, we have kids that spend more time in the kids' zone than they do watching the game. And, you know, it's just it's great to see the smiles on the kids' faces and the parents' faces to be able to come and and have something to eat and watch the kids play. And, heck, we have fireworks, you know, almost every game on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you get a free fireworks work show as well and it's just it's family friendly entertainment uh, you know and our our competition is not the Chicago Cubs or Chicago White Sox it's it's family entertainment it's come to the Kane County Cougars or go to the zoo or go to the Museum of Science and Industry we're just pro- trying to provide family friendly fun well on July 26 no fireworks but you can bring your dogs and that is good news for more information if you don't know the Kane County Cougars what's your website uh, Perfect, Dr. Bob Froelich. I will see you with my left hand throwing a first pitch in, what, about a month or so. Thank you very much. Thank you. So what I failed to tell Dr. Bob Froelich, if we just ran out of time, is that I don't know how many years ago this was. I don't know what moved me to do this, but I called the Chicago White Sox and I said, years ago, You need a dog day promotion. You need to invite dogs to the ballpark. I think that's about how I said it. I don't know. It was like the last or next to last year, there was a Comiskey Park. And they did. They did it. And to thank me the following year, so it must have been the next to last year they had Comiskey, because to thank me the following year, they actually had me throw out a first pitch. You know, Tony La Russa, who's now back with the White Sox, of course, disagrees strongly with this. He thought he was the first to do it in St. Louis. I've talked to him about it. No, 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 Tony. It was me in Chicago with your team, the White Sox, that was the first in Major League Baseball to have a dog day. And now, well, gee whiz, every baseball team just about, Wrigley Field, they don't do it, but almost every team does it. And certainly every minor league team does it at least once a year, including the Kane County Cougars. I look forward to seeing you out there on July 26th. You can bring your dog or your dogs as long as they're dog friendly, as long as they're on a leash, and we will all have a lot of fun. And I will try. I, I, did, I, I did it last time I threw a strike. Really. When the Chicago White Sox had me throw out that first pitch, which, which was quite an honor. Seriously. I threw a strike. Will I do it again? Come and see for yourself. Dr. Natalie Marks is here. 
to talk about, I happen to know, one of your favorite topics ever. And it's leptospirosis, something I have a difficult time even saying. You know, this is really, really important for a whole long list of reasons, Dr. Marks. Yeah, Steve, I'm glad you had me back. I do love to talk about this because it's not just a disease that affects our dogs. As a veterinarian, of course, that's one of my most common patients, but it also can affect families because this is the most common zoonotic disease worldwide, which means it's a disease that transmits from animals to humans. So we've heard a ton about that, of course, with the pandemic, um, but this is very real all over the U.S. Now, how can we potentially, potentially, he says, hopefully this doesn't happen, get leptospirosis from our dogs? Well, leptospirosis is a disease that our dogs get from a lot of different rodents um, and other infected animals like rats and squirrels and raccoons, opossums, other wildlife, even some farm animals can carry this. But when we have an infected dog in our home, if that hypothetically happened to your family, when your dog urinates, that urine can become an infectious agent for us, meaning that if you have toddlers that are crawling on the floor and you have a puppy that urinates on the floor and that toddler puts their hand in that puddle of urine and then, of course, puts their hand in their mouth, as they tend to do, that can be a risk for transmission. If you're immune suppressed or if you have cuts on your hand or you're going through chemotherapy or organ transplant drugs or any of the things that cause you to be more susceptible to infection, that can be a risk. And so when we are dealing with leptospirosis with our canine patients, we also, as public health officers, want to guide our human families on ways to protect themselves too. And it's kind of simple. It's called, it's one word, vaccine. Absolutely. Yes. The more that we can vaccinate our canine patients, it's not only protecting their families in the home, but something we talk about a lot, which is called herd immunity. It's protecting more of our dogs in the community. So other dogs that are maybe not as commonly exposed um, aren't put at risk because of something called urine shedding, which we also talk about too. So can that dog, our dog, get full-size protection at half the volume and What does that mean? Well, that's something that's really cool as of late. We know that, you know, just like in human medicine, vaccines can be uncomfortable at times to receive because it does require a needle. And so now we have the advent of protecting our patients fully, but with half the amount of the vaccine. It's added comfort. It's quicker. It's easier, especially for a lot of our small breed dogs, of course, where I'm a small breed dog mom and I want her to be comfortable and I I see her as more delicate maybe than our Great Danes that are walking in. Uh, Maybe that's not the case, but I think a lot of pet parents feel that way. And so it's really nice to have that option of low volume for a lot of these different cases, but mostly for comfort. You know, so many of us live in a big city, not everyone. But, you know, it was thought at one point in time, I mean, when I began doing this for work, uh, people talked about leptospirosis out in the country, out in the farm areas. True enough. But it turns out to be maybe even a bigger issue in the big city. Steve, I can't agree more with you. I graduated veterinary school and one of my board exam questions was, this is a rural hunting dog disease. Answer, lepto. So that's what I learned. Um, We know now it is in every environment, urban, suburban, rural. You know, Chicago, sixth year, I think, in a row, we won Orkin's rattiest city in America. Yay. Yeah, yeah, what what an award. Um, But it's an active reminder every day that we have lepto in alleys, on, you know, street corners, in parks, outside of Wrigley Field, wherever those rodents are. 
But it's also just as simple as those families that are living in the suburbs and have a dog hanging out in their backyard. We have these reservoirs. So these are animals that can harbor leptospirosis bacteria that can be a, again, a source of infection for our dogs. And it's, again, every single environment. We don't regionalize this disease anymore. And I want to talk about how easy it can be for a dog to get this. So the dog can walk through a puddle. That's what dogs do, right? And then just lick paws right after that. And now the dog, if unprotected, important to say, now is subject to, well, if that dog doesn't get sick, maybe even spreading it to another dog or, as we talked about at the very beginning, another person. That's right. So just a couple seconds and just exposure to a puddle where a rodent has urinated. And that could be a drink of water or, like you said, licking their feet. So many allergic dogs, and it's obviously allergy season starting in many parts of the country. So those dogs are licking their feet all the time. It's very, very easy to transmit. And then those dogs can, again, urinate in your home, urinate at the park, expose other dogs, expose families. So we want to protect through vaccination and understanding those risks. You know, when I think of leptospirosis, I think of Dr. Natalie Marks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. Aside from leptospirosis, another concern having to do with fresh water might be, and it's an increasing problem, it's green algae, which can be lethal to dogs. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. Many communities monitor bodies of water for this toxin. Then they put up signage, don't allow your dog here. Unfortunately, some people ignore that warning, and it isn't only about your dog, it can be about you too. Not only can this toxin make dogs very ill or even cause death, it can make people really sick as well. So what do you do? You've got this wonderful swimming pool. It's great for those of you lucky enough to have one. And by the way, I didn't get my invitation. And the dogs are out there, and we get this every year. Where a dog, a pug, a bulldog, a French bulldog, a Pekingese, just sinks like a rock. Uh, You know these dogs can't swim, but you forget supervision is required. And just like all of us, water on a 90-degree day looks really tempting, doesn't it? It's no different for dogs. And, And even for dogs that are like the Michael Phelps of the dog world... Newfoundlands and Labrador Retrievers and Chesapeake Bay Retrievers and Golden Retrievers. They can swim, but they can't swim forever and ever. So they need a way out of the pool. And unless they understand how they can get out of the pool, don't let them in places where there are pools. Well, here's an exception, though. I love this idea. Kitty pools. Yeah, kitty pools are for little kids, but they can also be for dogs. And it's really safe. What is that water, like a foot and a half, one foot, not even? So it's safe, and it's a safe way for even dogs who cannot swim, like the aforementioned French Bulldogs and Pekingese and Bulldogs. Not only is it safe for them, it cools them off a bit, too, as long as the water isn't freezing cold, which is not a good idea. Then there's the asphalt dance. When it's 85 degrees and sunny midday, asphalt can exceed 150 degrees, so... What did I just say? 150 degrees. So no wonder paws get burnt. Now, sometimes the burns are severe enough where the dog is saying, ouch, but oftentimes it's not. It's just like you burn yourself a little bit by touching something too hot 
and you get a little blister? Well, yes, it's not life-threatening, but we don't want our dogs to be uncomfortable, do we? And when they do that little dance on asphalt, it's not because they want to entertain us. It's because it's too darn hot. So keep all of that into consideration. Keep things safe for your pets this summer. Next week, bright and early, right here on WGN. Among other topics, we'll be talking about the dog cruise on the Chicago River and out on Lake Michigan. We'll talk to you next week, bright and early.